Hi, um, my name is Petra Suniga, and I'm a junior at Amherst College from Seattle, Washington. And I'm currently the president of MSU, and I was one of the founders of MSU when we were first bringing it together. Hi, my name is Emma Eddy. I am also a junior, and I am from Colorado, and I am currently the vice president, uh, former treasurer, and also co-founder of MSU. We began MSU in our freshman year of college. I think a lot of it came out of just having conversations among friends, realizing that misconceptions that I held about my own identity and struggles that I had faced with that were not individual experiences. And I think I was really similar in that where I come from, um, I did not see any other families that were um, multicultural uh, in really any way. And so I was just really excited, first of all, and really interested to talk to other people who I was shocked to learn had very, very similar experiences to my own through that kind of cultural identity development. Our mission statement um, as a multicultural students union is um, to create a safe space for people of all multicultural identities to share and discuss their experiences. Our goal is to create an environment where people feel free to really accept all parts of their identity. Um, and I think an important thing to note in that is when we were creating MSU, we were intentional about naming not only multiracial or biracial individuals, but also students from transracial adoptee backgrounds or from third culture backgrounds and international backgrounds. So basically a lot of identities I think aren't necessarily always included in the terms mixed or, or um, multiracial. So we really wanted to uh, focus on a lot of common experiences shared by people who may not have the same cultural identity development as other family members or their parents, how that just doesn't always um, come into conversations of monoracially oriented spaces. And so we wanted to create one where people could feel free to do that and to really explore all facets of their cultural identity. As we were first starting MSU, it was interesting because we were very much kind of alone in figuring out what it would look like and who is included in a multicultural students union or at the time um, a mixed students union and and so in creating the club we needed to have a name but we didn't really know where to start with that and what was the best way to refer to this group of people because a, a lot of our members were multiracial or biracial obviously there's different experiences with that depending on the racial makeup of your parents. And then also um, we had members who were um, transracial adoptees. And fortunately, we were able to connect with a community member who we have invited back to talk with us a little about those early days of starting the student group and our original name, the Mixed Student Union.
So my name is Nia Mullings. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. Um, I'm the director in the WGC, so in the Women's and Gender Center. Um, and I'm also an Amherst alum, so I graduated in 17. Um, and I am Black, um, specifically East African and Caribbean. So my mom is Tanzanian and my dad's Jamaican. How did you first hear about MSU, which at the time we had named Mixed Student Union? And what were your initial thoughts about the club? Sure. So um, I think I first heard about it through um, like resource center leadership um, meetings. So um, that was the first time that I think I heard about it and then hadn't really heard anything until um, like it was in the works in the works. Um, but my first reaction, I was excited. I thought um, that this was a great opportunity. And I think that I have found myself in, a, in, in the company of a lot of folks who are mixed, multiracial, multicultural. Um, and so I, I have known that the space um, was important um, and needed to exist in a way. And so I was excited about that. Um, so I think language is, I mean, of course, super important, right? It's the, it's the thing that helps you communicate who you exist for and like what you do and helps kind of curb those assumptions. So I remember like when I first read the poster I was like mixed okay not for me and then I read the description which was like um like a definition at that time and I was like oh okay like yeah I think that I think that I'm included under that um and other people who maybe I hadn't even considered are included under that um specifically thinking about transracial adoptees and so I was like okay yeah this is much more expansive than kind of my first like you know assumption about what what mixed means so I was curious about who was included in this, um, in the organization, right? When I hear mixed, my immediate connotation goes to folks who are mixed race and not so much kind of folks who are multiracial or transracial adoptees or kind of any other um, identity that you're encompassing under um, MSU. And so I was curious kind of of that piece um, and concerned kind of about that piece and what that means. But I was concerned about... Um, just kind of like the way that colorism shows up in spaces um, and wondering kind of, again, like who would find this space uh, for them or like who would think it was for them and who would show up um, and then who might be left out of that or who might not feel it was for them, um, even if uh, kind of in the description they are included, just kind of who would show out um, and what their experiences are of different spaces and would be of um, MSU. Yeah, I've definitely had a lot of the same questions and as it's yeah. developed like who's in this space and why mm -hmm. and like yeah. I think that in some ways MSU does play a little bit of a different role than some other affinity groups in the way that it I think in our form currently and this is obviously something we want to move away from but sort of creating a space to talk about like discomfort with whiteness but not necessarily like apart from whiteness what are some of your connotations that you have with the word mixed and is it a term that you would personally identify with and what ways do you see that as inclusive or not so yeah it's a word that i've used for myself kind of it was given to me by my parents to describe my cultural identities um, and so i used it um, and still kind of use it sometimes and at the same time like my main connotation is always about mixed race folks. And so nobody ever uses that word for me, like when they see me out in the world, right? Um, because, you know, based on kind of skin color, phenotype, just like all of my phenotypical characteristics, I'm pretty unambiguously black. And so people never really use that language for me. So 
it has a positive connotation in my mind only because it's a word that I've used for myself that feels comfortable when I talk about my cultural identities. But through the, the context of like racial identities, um, and especially within the Black community, I think that it's a word that is really challenging. Um, it's, uh, you know, all rooted in like colorism and fetishization of mixed folks and um, anti-Blackness that other people perpetuate and then that also we internalize and perpetuate. Um, so, you know, the like, you're so pretty, what are you mixed with? Like those, that language um, is absolutely negative for everybody involved, right? So for monoracial Black folks and for mixed Black folks. Um, and so, that was that was also kind of one of my reactions to um, MSU being called mixed student union. I was like, oh, okay, like yes, and this is also maybe alienating for folks who um, either have had that question asked of them or you know just have negative connotations to the word mixed because of how it's been used to talk about like people's proximity to whiteness and distance from blackness. And I'm sure that this exists in other communities of color as well in different ways. Um, but just kind of speaking for, for my own experience, that was, yeah, those are some of the connotations that I have. And so in terms of like inclusive versus exclusive, I think it's inclusive in that it makes sense for a lot of people. And, you know, it's a word that people use and it's in kind of U.S. vocabulary. And so people kind of know what it means. Um, and at the same time, um, can be alienating for, for some others. At least presenting it as inclusive, you know, language, of course, backed by action is, is more helpful, but um, at least presenting it to to the community in a way that um, people feel like they are represented and can step into that space is definitely important. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the last question, what ways do you think that student-run organizations like MSU um, are successful in supporting diversity and inclusion in their organizations? And in what ways do you think they tend to possibly like create tension between community on campus? Yeah, related to MSU, but also I, I worry about this for other orgs as well, just like anti-Blackness and colorism and how those things show up. Um, and then and then I was thinking about too, like, what is, um, and I'm trying to be careful with how I say this because I, I think as a like dark skin, Black person, um, I worry about mixed folks being the like, and this again is like specifically about mixed race folks, but like being the only representation of a specific racial identity. And so for me, like a black identity in a space. So whether it's an MSU space or it's just like a, a space in general, right? Like I think absolutely, yes, mixed folks can talk about their experiences of being XYZ identity. And I think it's it gets a little bit dangerous when, um, monoracial I don't know if that's even what I want to say but like maybe it is like monoracial um people of the identity that they're talking about are also not included in that I think that that's complicated to navigate as a person um and can still be hard because you still maybe end up being like the representation for x people um and that's challenging I think um and then I'm just curious too about leadership. So I think like um, wondering if and how leadership is or isn't a reflection of all of the different identities that you're, um, that are encompassed under MSU um, and kind of what that means, you know, who, who feels like they are represented fully or not. Um, and then the, uh, the last thing that I was thinking about was like, um, 
when we talk about mixed race folks, like do we, are we centering mixed folks who have white as a part of their identity or just mixed folks in general who um, are, you know, only people of color um, and, and only, and have two parents who are both folks of color. And so, um, and I don't know what, <laughs> what of that is categorized under succeed and under fail. Um, I think all of that can kind of go into both, right? There are some ways that, um, you know, and you know better than I would kind of like how MSU is playing out right now, but um, those are all kind of the different factors that I was thinking about when it comes to like, this could be really challenging and really, you know, like really hard space to hold and like space to just like exist and like really beautiful and important things also come out of that. Yeah, so thank you so much. Um, I really no appreciated talking with you and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, asking and, you know, I'm always happy to keep having conversations. Awesome. Thank you so much. As we said before, Naya's input was crucial to our name change process. I think the second time around, we uh, saw kind of the nuances a lot more of those different identifiers. And so we wanted to be a lot more intentional about exactly how we named and described our club. And so that's how we came up with the Multicultural Students Union with that possessive apostrophe specifically to signify that it was a collective of students who held multicultural identities um, as opposed and to differentiate from just a group or a space of people of different cultures interacting, though it, it is that as well. Mm -hmm. Our group is kind of unique in that it really does not focus at all on common racial or ethnic identities. We have such a range um, and we don't even look at just racial or ethnic identities from the U.S. We have a representation from quite a few other countries as well. So we chose that name, I think, because it was a lot more reflective of our desire to focus on shared multicultural experiences and Another note that we got about the name was that it didn't necessarily, even though we meant for it to, did not make people of other multicultural identities feel included in our space, specifically people who identified as monoracial but still had multicultural experiences, uh, which made up a good portion of our membership, just colloquially were not identified with that term. So they didn't feel as if that group was necessarily inviting to them. And we wanted to be very inclusive of all of those multicultural experiences. For basically every affinity group on campus, not just MSU, there are a lot of different identities that exist within that space. I think one thing that is difficult with um, a multicultural students union or clubs of the like, um, like you were saying, Emma, is that there is such a diversity of experience and racial background within the group that in finding those common identities and common experiences um, among all those differences, we don't want to revert back to simply talking about whiteness and saying, okay, our similarity here is that some of us have white parents. And that's something that we've talked about, but is still difficult, I think, to to actually carry out sometimes and realizing that some of the topics that we choose to discuss and some of the media that we bring in or podcasts or things that we're engaging with to have those conversations do center whiteness and do offer more of a conversation or more of a 
their experience with individuals who hold whiteness as part of their identity. I think that differentiates MSU sometimes and is something that we want to work on moving away from, but that unlike other affinity groups within um, a predominantly white institution, sometimes MSU centers whiteness or it has the possibility to do that. Um, And so thinking about how we can hold this space to talk about common experiences without excluding individuals from our group. And I think that was kind of something that came up pretty quickly after we founded the group and started um, publicizing our meetings. I think there was some controversy and some criticism about the existence of the group because just by nature of the multicultural population like in the United States, we did have a good portion of our membership that did either hold white heritage or have white parents or have a connection to whiteness. And so we weren't able to avoid that. And I think at the same time, we didn't want to pretend like that wasn't a part of our group and that people um, within that group didn't hold a different amount of privilege or more privilege than other groups who don't identify with whiteness because of that. And that did garner some criticism, but I think that in order to accomplish all that we want to with MSU, we have been and continue to be very open to criticism because I think that is one of the ways in which we've tried to ensure that while whiteness does come up in our conversations and it is a part of a lot of our members' identities. And it's definitely something that deserves conversation, I think. We just wanted to make sure that the space didn't exclude other members of the multicultural community who had none of those connections to whiteness. And so I think one of the ways in which we've tried to balance that is really having continual conversations with different people about the ways in which we can avoid doing so and continue to be Um, increasingly inclusive of the entire range of multicultural identities. We were fortunate enough to be able to include some feedback with some of our former founding members about some of these topics within the context of MSU. So hello, my name is Ainsley. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I'm a transracial adoptee. Um, I was adopted from China, but raised into a primarily white family in a white community. And I was a founding member of MSU. I was also a member of ASA, the Asian Students Association on campus, and then also part of the LGBTQ group. So uh, when I reflect back on it, I remember meeting up with a couple of friends who are also, hey, like I have multiple different identities and I don't really have a place on campus to talk about these. And I want to like meet other people. Why don't we have this club already? And that I remember hearing that from a good number of other like individuals, but never really like collectively in a group. And then I remember, um, I don't remember who I emailed, but somebody, and then they, someone, then they got me in touch with Petra, Emma, and a couple other people on campus too, who were also like talking about how they're interested in this, which then eventually led to us meeting up over the summer to write constitution and to kind of get the ball rolling. And as to why I wanted to, why I wanted to help start this was because it was important to me wanting to find a space that I felt I could also claim a little more um, than just belonging in ASA. Yeah. So how does the space and focus of MSU differ from that of other affinity groups that you've been involved in? In comparison to the other affinities groups I've been in, I definitely feel it's it's interesting because there's more emphasis on 
differences that kind of united people not necessarily having things in common, but the commonality was being different. Um, and there's also an emphasis on embracing different experiences instead of embracing similar experiences. So I definitely thought is um, unique to that space and in comparison to other spaces that I have been in. As a transracial adoptee, it's definitely different because I don't see myself represented really in the club, which I know isn't the intention. It's just that there's not like a lot in the first place. So obviously it's difficult. Being a very new club, a lot of the messages are very like either critical or just confused. Some people have said that it feels more like, I feel like hiding space is not the word for it, but a place for biracial people to go. Less about belonging in that like community sense and more about like needing to like wanting their own kind of thing. A little bit on the like being part white privilege superiority complex type conversation is kind of realized we need to get a lot more information about what the club is out there because people are confused about what it is. There's more work to be done in showing what the club is and what it's supposed to be on campus. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How has MSU impacted you and how do you think MSU both fails and succeeds in supporting you and your uh, personal identity? It was nice to meet other people out there who also don't feel like they 100% fit in with like the, the, the major subgroups that are out there, of like in terms of affinity groups. It's definitely nice knowing that I wasn't alone and feeling that I didn't fully belong someplace and kind of then realizing there were other people out there besides just me that also have all the same way and being able to communicate those feelings was definitely really valuable. In terms of supporting my identity specifically, I feel like, I don't feel like the club failed me. I thought to myself, I'm, well, I'm supposed to be the one creating programming and stuff to be able to have those conversations with other transracial adoptees. Having not really ever really led anything like that before on my own, like, or had any kind of like training or anything like that on my own about dealing with my own type of identity is wasn't ready to be putting my pressure on myself. I think it's called like minority spotlight effect or something in social psych where like you feel the need to represent an MSU. And I kind of felt like I was supposed to be that for myself. And then if I couldn't be it for myself, how could I be it for other people? Which definitely was something that I struggled with. I felt like that failed me. Not that like, not that the club itself didn't like, didn't like let me down. I think I had a great time. Definitely learned a lot of stuff. I think that for you and also for other members who have become like one of the few representatives of their identity within MSU, that that's not fair to have to be the one to speak or teach or lead. And it makes sense that that is how you felt. And I'm sorry. And, you know, we always do appreciate your contributions. But then also, this has been a super helpful interview. So do appreciate all of like the work you've still put in I mean it was definitely a great experience I definitely liked actually building something and like seeing it come to life and seeing people actually show up excited about it I definitely think that there's a lot of good things that come out of the club and I definitely think that it's important to have and to build on thank you so much Ainsley again just super appreciative of you taking your time to do this I think Ainsley highlighted one issue that we've grappled with since starting MSU, which is how to balance having and needing to have important conversations about white privilege and what that means in the multicultural community with ensuring that those conversations don't alienate people who don't have those same associations to whiteness. 
these discussions um, have changed as in the year of 2020 with all the different things that have gone on um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, with COVID and its impact on different communities of color, specifically Black and Indigenous communities of color, um, with the election. There's all these things now. Obviously, I want to have a conversation about specific feelings of like exclusion in certain environments or certain challenges that I've faced. But I also think it's important to have MSU as a space to talk about politics and to talk about how we as multicultural individuals engage in these movements and different things that are happening in the world. And for those of us that do hold privilege, um, and I think a lot of us hold privilege in different ways. It doesn't have to be connection to whiteness. It can be different, but how do we bring that into conversations? How do we learn to step back from conversations? How can we contribute in a way that is effective and, and gives voice and validity to our experiences while also leaving space for others? I think that it's been helpful to have MSU continue to revisit these questions of like, I guess all of us came to college at different places with understanding um, our race and with racial identity development. And so I think continuing to question and rethink what MSU looks like as we figure that out and as we start to answer some of the more fundamental questions about what it means to be multicultural, I think the club can expand into questions about how to be engaged in the world and how to be political and anti-racist and all of these things. To that point, we have had these conversations because unfortunately, I think like all racial and and ethnic identities in this country are politicized um, and there's just no way to avoid that. So we cannot exist as a cultural identity space if we don't have those conversations to understand the differential privilege and the differential experiences of people of different racial ethnic and cultural identities. And as a lot of people have had to face those realities this year in particular, I think that one of our goals for MSU as a space was to be able to process the different experiences that we are able to see within our households or among our family members and how to then engage with the larger racial and political movements that are happening, how to use our positionality to be the best allies and advocates um, and for those of us who hold more privilege to be able to utilize that as well to work uh, work towards that goal of anti-racism and to work towards that goal of change but it's definitely difficult because you do run into conversations of privilege and again sometimes whiteness that don't come up in conversation other cultural affinity spaces where it is kind of that break from whiteness, especially in a primarily white institution. And so one of the biggest things for us has been trying to balance those really important conversations with, again, how our group functions in the larger cultural setting of our college. We were able to talk with another former founding member to discuss this topic as well. I'm Annie. I use she, her, hers pronouns. My dad is of Irish descent, but really just American. Um, but my mom is Kenyan, like from Kenya, grew up there, immigrated to the United States. And so I'm mixed, black and white. And I was on the executive board of the Black Student Union. 
and part of Mixit Union and also attended um, African Caribbean student union meetings as well. I think growing up and really being lighter skinned and having a lot of interactions with my dad's family because my mom's family is mainly in Kenya. I've been very cognizant of not taking up too much space in black places. And like, I definitely like being black is a big part of my identity, but I know that I hold a lot of privilege in that regard. And so I feel like there's definitely been a lot of times where I feel like I have something to contribute in like a BSU meeting, um, but don't think it's really my place to say anything at the time. So I think MSU is this place where I could like feel comfortable. I, I feel like anytime that I bring up the fact that I'm white, it almost feels like some sort of like white supremacy in a way. Um, just because it seems like an automatic comparison to my blackness. Um, and I never want to be comparing those two like that. So I think I've just been shielding away from like bi my biracial identity and just been embracing the black part of my identity. And so MSU is a place where I could finally feel like I can embrace both parts. Growing up, I played field hockey and lacrosse. And so I've definitely like felt like even being lighter skinned, I just felt very black in those places. And so like when I played Frisbee and I was like, okay, well, I'm the only black person here. I feel like my identity needs a place where it can be more like recognized and not this like awkward thing that I feel like oh wow I'm the only black person here and so I think coming together with Petra and like hearing her experience as a person of color in a really white dominated sport um and then like hearing other people's experiences like made this like process thinking like okay we have to do this because like you obviously people know there's mixed people at Amherst but it's not really talked about and like it's almost like taboo I feel like in a way like there's definitely been some pushback in the black community about it so it's nice to have this space how does the space um, and focus of MSU differ from that of other affinity groups that you've been involved in? Coming from my high school, which was really predominantly white, um, and Amherst is a lot more, like my town that I grew up in was very um, diverse. Um, and so like coming to Amherst, I thought would be like kind of similar to like growing up in that it's like pretty diverse. Um, but there's like this like kind of like, not much to say segregation, it's a bit dramatic, but this distinction between African and African-American that I hadn't really experienced up until this point. Um, and so it's really interesting because in AXU, um, African Caribbean Student Union, there's a lot of like very tangible things that bring people together, like certain foods, certain languages, certain music. Um, and then in BSU, it's kind of interesting because being black is such a varied experience. And so like, there's a lot of things I, I didn't really understand or didn't really have a background with like sometimes it's hard to differentiate what's black and like what's American because like black people have such a big influence on culture in America you know and this, it's weird because there's not a lot of people who do both like I know maybe one other person who goes to both AXU and BSU meetings consistently the reason why I brought up AXU and BSU was I feel like MSU is a little bit like BSU and the, that's kind of like an umbrella and so there's not like one tangible thing like one food that everyone has because being mixed is such a varied experience um, but there's like certain feelings that you have or certain experience that you have that kind of can be shared among the group, which is kind of how like BSU works and that like people are like, oh, like maybe we don't have like a shared language or shared like cultural experience with food or something, but we have like people like will lock the door when a black man walks by. Like you have like this like kind of like deeper understanding of this thing. And so like MSU, like there's like kind of a distance between your parents and your own racial experience. And there's might be a disconnect there. So I think that MSU is definitely like, more diverse than the other groups that I'm a part of just naturally but I think it also is very intentional in recognizing the privilege that it holds just because black people have been so oppressed that like at least in my experience with like groups with BSU and actually there's not really a lot of talk about colorism 
um, or like different ways that black people can oppress other black people, but because like a lot of mixed people are mixed with white, you are constantly thinking of like the oppression that you can do onto others. Given that I'm more racially ambiguous, um, when I like enter spaces, for example, like there's a, a lot of students from Kenya and my mom's from Kenya, so I've known some of the high schools, like there's just kind of like, oh, you're Kenyan? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm actually like, like my mom's from there, I go there every other summer. Um, but MSU, it's just like automatic that I'm like mixed, you know, like there's no like this, like not questioning of my identity, but there's like an instant acceptance that like I sometimes struggle with other affinity groups to find. The way that I experience the world is like so informed by the fact that I'm white. And so I feel like when I'm saying things in BSU, I don't really know if it's like because I'm black or because I'm white or because of other things about my personality. But in MSU, I can be like, okay, but I can say this thing because I know that I'm mixed. I think there's definitely a lot of negative perception of MSU. Maybe I'm just like extra sensitive to it because like the way of like people have been systematically oppressed, it's a more privileged group, like systematically in America than like groups that are at BSU and AXU, especially when MSU is first starting, we had like posters around and someone's like, don't bring that mixed up with me. And I was just like, oh, okay. I didn't realize being mixed was so offensive. Like it just how I am, <laughs> you know, and like I didn't choose to be the way I am. And so it's just kind of bizarre. But I think there's a very false narrative about uh, mixed people at Amherst, in my personal experience. Like, I'm constantly thinking about privilege and those sort of things just because I know I benefit from it a lot. And so, like, I've seen some posts about colorism and someone's like, this is why I hate shit, like the MSU, because they never talk about these things. I'm like, well, actually, we do talk about those things a lot. We're very constantly aware of it. And so I think people are kind of uncomfortable with the idea of a mixed student union like existing in the first place. They're like, why do you need to recognize this mixedness? Like, why can't you just support like the part of you that's like a person of color? It's almost like how like white people don't really need affinity spaces as much like as people of color. And so I feel like MSU people are thinking of kind of like a white affinity group in a way. But that's also like disregarding the fact that people can be mixed with non-white things. And so I feel like there's definitely a lot of like misinformation, but definitely from people's own perceptions, you know? There's like very few people I think are willing to learn more about MSU, but a lot of people are willing to criticize it. And if I understand like where it's coming from, like with like histories of colorism and a lot of issues, but I wish people would look into things more before they make such blanket statements that like are factually inaccurate. Yeah, I think it's hard because like you said, it's not very common for us to be in like multiple different affinity spaces and so you really only know like one or two of them how can someone know necessarily that people from MSU are having these conversations or not yeah it's like very challenging so I was we were curious about like how these comments have impacted you and your perception of like your belonging both within MSU and also within other affinity spaces I really enjoyed my time at MSU but I feel like not to be like quiet about it but I just wouldn't I don't bring it up unless it's like brought up before you know um like I don't want to be like imposing this group that's already a little controversial in the first place like in any of my conversations and like I just happen to be friends with a lot of people of color and so I feel like even more aware of MSU and its perception on campus MSU doesn't really have that same like blanket acceptance and so like I'm like very conscious of MSU and how I talk about it and if I talk about it at all. How do you think that MSU has impacted you personally you've kind of talked about this already um but just how does it fail or how does it succeed um in supporting you and like your identity specifically 
I think there just really is. I'm surprised a little bit, um, just because you know, like you like having your own experience, you just see the world differently. And so, like having grown up in my town um, with my brothers, like I thought of like a half white, half black mix was like not common, but of like mixed groups was fairly common. Um, but I think in MSU, there's like not a lot of half black people, which I was kind of surprised by. But I also don't know how to reach that demographic because I feel like black, especially because of like, it's just with colorism and because of like, there's very few like full black people, African-Americans, just because of like the ways that people have been abused over the centuries. And so I feel like there's like, it's very taboo to like, recognize your whiteness in a way. And so I, especially in the black community, at least in my experience, I don't really see that really changing. I don't know how it could, but I just kind of wish that there was more half black people because it's kind of like a, everyone's experiences are unique, you know, but more similar, you know, and also because black is so varied and like there's like, I mean, it's like happens with all races, but like, because there's such a difference in like the African versus African-American experience. Um, I think it'd be interesting to like have people who have different mixed black experiences and like kind of share with them. Like I've been learning a lot from other people at MSU, but I haven't really talked to a lot of people who are half black. And like, so I always think of myself as like the default half black experience, but that's obviously like, there's no default experience, you know? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that it's like, yeah, it's like very challenging to see that there's like very clear patterns already, I think, within our organization of like, who feels that this space is like helpful or welcoming or all these things. Do you think that MSU, like, and being a member of MSU is like in some ways synonymous with wanting to recognize or like identify with whiteness I think that's the experience that I've had but also like I'm talking to someone who's also half white and so like the reason I'd be going to MSU when there already is a BSU and actually existing is to like I feel like not celebrate but talk about whiteness because if I didn't want to talk about whiteness then I could just go to BSU or AXU and so I that's maybe just my own experience I don't know about other people but that's how I think it's perceived a little bit do you think there are ways in which the perception of MSU could change in terms of like who feels comfortable in the space? Yeah, um, I think given it's like such a young organization definitely has like cha- time to like change how it's perceived. Like because a lot of people don't even know that it exists yet. So there's still like room to have a different perception. But I think because like history is so ingrained, like I feel like us as an organization are like struggling against these more systematic issues and more like societal norms rather than like Amherst specific our club specific in the affinity group seen at Amherst College but if we have more conversations like that like an intentional like meeting um I think could be helpful Mm. once again thank you Annie for doing this it was very helpful so yeah both Annie and Ainsley played a really big role in in shaping what MSU originally looked like and also how it developed as we continue to think about inclusion within the space. And I think have both been really helpful in pushing, especially, I guess, my thought around what it means to be multicultural and how different people experience that. I also hope that in some ways, like this podcast gives us access to a lot of different people's thoughts and opinions and also hopefully criticism. And I'm hopeful that it can open up a broader conversation around 
what these organizations look like and how different organizations have gone about addressing these problems. Because I think all of us, all of us who are doing this sort of work are engaging with different questions around how to hold a space like MSU. Like we've said before, our group would not be able to exist without valuable community feedback. So we would like to thank our guests, Naya, Ainsley, and Annie, for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Mixed Life Media for giving us the opportunity to share our experience. And you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to share with us your similar experiences running or participating in a multicultural organization, or you'd just like to reach out, you can do so on Instagram at AmherstMSU. Thanks for tuning in.